You are listening to the New World Order, episode 335, for day 12 of 2020. Hey everybody, this is Klaatu. In this episode, we're going to talk about A2PS, which is from the AP software series of the Slackware distribution. You probably have it installed on your computer. I mean, A2PS, you probably have it installed on your computer, whether you're using Slackware or not. Um, and if not, it's probably available. So if you hear about anything in this discussion that intrigues you or interests you, you could probably find it pretty easily by searching for either A2PS or possibly one of the individual binaries. We got through a lot of them last time and I wanted to get I wanted to finish that up in in this episode. So while I may have told some of you via email that I was going to be discussing some feedback that you gave me, I lied, apparently, because I'm not going to discuss that in this episode. Actually, I think to most people I did say either 335 or 336, so I may not have lied. But if I told you I was going to respond to your email in 335, I apologize. I'm just postponing that until 336 because I did want to, I didn't want to walk away from A2PS kind of more or less in the middle of discussing it. I felt, upon second thought, I felt like that was maybe not the, the best idea. So we're going to start with this command called igonkify. That's O-G-O-N-K-I-F-Y, and that provides international support for PostScript. It does it munges PostScript files related to printing in different languages. Its main use is to filter the output of Netscape, Mosaic, and other programs in order to print in languages that don't use the standard Western European encoding of ISO 8859-1. So this is obviously kind of important for, for a, a multilingual and diverse culture of computer users, which is what we have. And obviously it is, I guess, one of those... I think this is uh, one of those I, I I consider it a rare occasion or a rare instance where computer science grossly underestimated what would be required for for sort of a complete system and and really has yet to deal with it. Now I, I realize that there are some famous examples. Obviously the 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 quote that that urban almost urban legend quote of no one will ever need any more than 64k of ram or whatever and even that i first of all i don't know who said it i know it's been attributed to lots of different people and second of all i don't know who what their intent was i i don't know that that they ever actually meant no one would literally ever need more than that or if they just meant right now no one ever no one should need more than that so but you get the idea so so there there are famous examples of of these sort of short-sighted designs in computer science but I, I feel typically especially in the unix world a lot of this stuff was actually planned pretty well i mean the fact that as i've pointed out in previous episodes i mean i've got a 19 i've got a little unix system command summary from a bsd uh company or something um or organization from 1982 like literally right now in my hand and most of it's still relevant so i feel like in many ways, Unix did a great job of anticipating scaling to really global proportions somehow. But the the lack, you know, the the, the how, how it's all based on ASCII and how it's really very English centric and all these other things, it, it's kind of an interesting um, an interesting. I, I don't know. I mean, it's not a it's not a problem. It's not an error. It's just a a, a really major inconvenience. And I say this wholeheartedly because I have dealt with all kinds of problems with um, encoding 
and converge converting encodings and and things like that it's just it's really kind of painful so you can use ogonkify by pointing it at a postscript file and it will adapt apparently to it now how important this actually is in today's world i don't know i've certainly never used it i've never seen it in use i don't believe anything invokes it I, I believe that this is simply, I, I think this is a, a, a relatively legacy application. I, I do think it's funny to consider what it, it represents, which, as I said, is kind of the, the realization that not all computer users are going to be speaking English and using the same alphabet, but I, I, don't, I don't believe that it's something that you and I are going to actually use all that often. So, for instance, there's the dash um, in dash capital N, do Netscape processing, dash capital M, do Mosaic processing, dash AX, do Applixware processing, I have no idea what that is, uh, dash SO, do Star Office uh, processing, and so on. So there's a bunch of things in here that just, I know some of these names, and it's just kind of interesting that they even are, are still mentioned in the man page. Dash capital A, uh, downloads the courier, the courier font dash uh, capital C, does the IBM courier font dash capital H, does the Helvetica font, and so on. So there's a bunch of different weird old options here that I guess if you're piping something to an to an LPR uh, device to a to a printer, then maybe these are really really important. But I don't feel like it's actually something that matters these days. And we will go over LPR and LP admin and all those other applications once we get to them. So that's Igonkify. Um, I, I don't feel like I mean I don't have I don't have a printer hooked up through the LPR uh, command right now myself. I've I've used it before, but but I'm not I don't have um, that right now. So I'm not going to I'm not going to try to to demonstrate this in any way. It's just it it does exist and um, it's nice to know about i guess but I, I like i said i don't think you're going to use it okay next is pdiff and that produces a pretty comparison between files and i've i've seen lots of def definitions for the word pretty and and in in my experience it simply mean it, it typically appears to mean that it's it's sort of maybe slightly minimal or or it it it, it cuts out the the cruft the stuff that you don't need to the noise the, the stuff that you don't necessarily need to be aware of and in this case, what it actually means is that it's going to print it out with nice fonts and things like that, much like, uh, for instance, card or A2PS itself, at least in theory. So here's the, the thing. So if I do pdiff uh, 1.txt and then 2.txt, where 1 is a file of some, some text and then 2 is another file of similar text but with differences, and then do do, uh, do dash dash output, uh, and I'll give it a file called let's do different. Dot ps I guess would be good. Uh, it it generates a file called different. Dot ps, and certainly if I do an ocular of different. Dot p ps, I forgot to stop, forgot to to type ps. That was the ocular um, error chime or the the KDE error chime. I don't know if you could hear that. Uh, I get a black screen, so that's obviously not correct. So maybe if I do ps to pdf, 
maybe that would help. So I'll do that to different.ps, and that should produce a file called different.pdf, and now I've got a white screen and no text. So in other words, uh, this is not working for me, and I don't know why. Uh, according to both man.pdif and info.pdif, there doesn't seem to be any other thing that I'm meant to to provide. In fact, pdif, uh, info.pdif says that it uses diff for or GNU wdiff if you're if you've invoked it um, with wdiff uh, to extract the diff. Then it calls a2ps with the correct settings to get a nice printed contextual diff. And unfortunately, that just doesn't seem to be the case. That's just not working here. So I'm not exactly sure how or why this is happening um, or, or not happening, but it, it's clearly not functional in its current state. And I don't know if that's um, my system. I don't know if it's the way that it's put together for Slackware or if it's just natively not correct. Maybe something's wrong with it. So I don't know. I'm going to have to follow up with that a little bit because I really don't know why pdiff wouldn't work. Now, I realize it seems like we're doing pretty bad this episode. We've got two two commands here that you're probably not going to use because one of them's broken and one of them's pretty pretty niche. And frankly, the next one isn't a whole lot better, but I could see you using it possibly. It's called PSBook, and it basically creates a PDF, but without the PDF wrapper. So in other words, you just get the PostScript document, which could be useful. I mean... Um, I don't know why you would use that instead of a PDF in today's world. I mean, as it is right now, I feel like whether you're sending it to users who have requested something in in document form or whether you're sending it to a big printing press, everyone just seems to be pretty happy to receive a PDF, bloat or no bloat. Now, as I have demonstrated in other podcasts such as Hacker Public Radio, PDF isn't a great format. Um, there's a lot of stuff that you can put into a PDF that people might not really know is there, and so on. PostScript, I think, is probably a little bit more strict. So uh, PostScript is probably the smarter option, but PDF kind of has that um, critical mass of just everyone knows what it is and knows what to open it in and, and so on. And, and they have a tool chain that expects a PDF. So I, I don't know when you would use this at this point. That said... There may be a, an industry or, or a, a process that I'm not aware of that, that makes that perfectly, perfectly reasonable, and maybe you would need this. So as an example for this command, it's a simple command. It has maybe one option, PS book. Yeah, dash S selects the size of signature which will be used. The signature size is the number of sides that will be folded and bound together. So what they're talking about here more or less is they're kind of assuming that this is for printing, because PostScript generally is, and and they're saying that this is going to format a, a document into digital pages, which, again, that's what PDF does, so it, it's it's really encroaching upon the same kind of territory. But um, the big deal here is that they're talking about signatures, which in the print industry is referring to those big master sheets, the big sort of canvas upon which things are printed, and then those are physically cut into into pages, which are then folded into books. This doesn't do like a printer spread or anything like that. This doesn't rearrange pages. It's just defining the boundaries of a of a virtual page. 
and putting your document into those pages. And that's that's kind of the that's the thing that it does. That's the reason of existence for it. Now, in my case, uh, the easy I feel like the easy way to do this. I could regenerate all the stuff that I regenerate uh, that I generated last time with A2PS, but that's kind of already paginated. So what I'm going to do instead is I'm going to go to my Slacker Media book, which is a book that I've written and I maintain about multimedia on Slackware, and it kind of serves as the foundation for most of what I do on computers in terms of multimedia, which isn't as much as I'd like these days, I guess. Or maybe it is as much as I'd like. I don't know. Point being, it's a book. I wrote it. I'm there. So if we do a make um, Slacker Media, that generates uh, a temp.fo file in my build folder. And temp.fo is a, I think it's a formatting object, which is used by a program called FOP, which is a Java command that, or, or a command written in Java, that processes FO object, or FO files rather, into something else. Uh, typically a PDF, but it, it also can, it can it can just output PS if I want it to, uh, PostScript if I want to, and the, the option for that is PS. So I'm doing FOP space dash PS, and then I'm typing in uh, build, no I'm not, uh, PS wants output first, so I'll put output dot uh, PS is what it will be called, and then our input for this is going to be the uh, build temp dot FO file. Now that processes it and processes it, and when it's finished, I can do ocular output.ps and it opens up an ocular and there it is. There's the title page. If I scroll down a little bit, there's um, the the other title page. I don't know what those things are called, where where the where the isbin would appear, um, whatever it's called. The table of contents, and there's the chapters and so on. And this is in normal readable readable, you know, reader order. This is not, as I said, this isn't printer spread or anything like that. This is just for every page that existed in that FO file, a page is represented here digitally. Not the PS book. That's what it does. I'm going to actually remove those files so that they don't confound me and confuse me uh, when I'm working on Slacker Media next. Okay, there we go. That's that's that. Okay, so next one is PS Man Dup. So PS Man Dup, Man Dupe is print duplex on non-duplex duplex printers, and this is very cool. So it tries to produce a version of the PostScript file to print in manual duplex, which means that the first set of pages printed by this command are the odd pages, and then it tells you to do something. You go to your printer and you flip the page, and then it prints the even pages on the other side. It says, because there's usually a short timeout for uh, manual-fed jobs, you should probably be right next to the, your, print, your printer when, when this is all going on. So this is a great idea. I get it. I understand. I sympathize. I actually do have a laser printer uh, that has the duplex option, but every time I try to use the duplex option, I don't know if it's the paper stock that I'm using or what, it, it jams the printer and you have to go in and unjam it and stuff. So what I've taken to doing myself is d doing this process but I just do it when you know I, I go to my print file I go to print I go to the um, print setup or wh whatever that thing is where you're configuring how it's going to print the print driver um, the interface for it and I tell it to just print the 
odd pages, and I print the whole document odd. And then I flip it over with heads up. Um, that's my shortcut mnemonic for remembering that I need to put the pages so that I see the text on the top and the top of the page is next is is nearest me as I stand in front of the printer. Uh, I put them in heads up and then I do the same process except that I'm printing the even pages and it works like a charm. Um, and that's just my really sort of ridiculous hacky way of getting around it when I do have to print, which is not often luckily. Now this command does have an option to output to a file, but it, so far every time I've tried it only outputs one page, that being the, the first, the, the initial odd numbered page. So I'm assuming, again, this is a manual feed, so I'm assuming it's waiting for me, or you know, it, it believes I'm going to be manually feeding the printer pages. So I think this is putting an, this is printing one page to a file and then ending, and I'm assuming if it, if I had piped it simply to LPR, then it would output all all odd pages, and then I would do I would I would do the manual feed thing, and it would it would continue with the the backside. Now you can also restrict it to just doing the fronts and the backs. So it's uh, ps man dupe uh, dash f for front, or I think you can do dash dash front, or ps man dupe dash b, or yeah dash dash back or dash dash front. Uh, we'll do only the back pages, so the even numbered pages. So it seems like a, a useful thing in the world of manually feeding a printer that you have hooked up through LPR, and that's just not the way that I, I feel like that's a pretty rare thing nowadays. So not not really sure how, how important that is. All right, here's another one, PS Merge. Now this one truly is kind of kind of good, I guess. Again, I'm not sure how many people use PostScript. So PS Merge merges PostScript documents into a single document. So you have two documents, PostScripts, that you want to merge. PS Merge merges them. There are no options. You simply do PS Merge, and then your, well, I guess there is an, op an option. There's the dash O for output, and then all of your input files in the order that you want them to be merged. And there you go. PS In Up. PS In Up uh, does multiple pages per sheet. Again, this is usually all contained in the driver of the printer these days, and lots of printers work with Linux, so I'm not sure if you would find yourself in, in the situation where you needed PS InUp. There is a, a PDF, uh, well, there's a, a, a suite called PDF Jam, which has a lot of cool uh, layout tools for, for achieving this exact same thing as well. Um, but I guess you could emulate that with PS InUp if you just didn't want to deal with with pdf and why would you if you're printing sheets of of text that that doesn't seem like it would be a useful thing so ps in up does well it, it'll it'll format it so that there are in number of pages on one single page on one physical page um the w the, the dash w option lets you tell it what the width of the page is dash h lets you specify what the height of the page is so it knows what what space it has to work with, and then you uh, can tell it how many pages you want on each physical page. So for instance, if you do a PS in up uh, dash two, then that will print two pages of text side by side on one physical sheet of paper. PS resize is, as you can imagine, it, it rescales and even centers a document for a different paper size. PS resize. Uh, you simply tell it, uh, very much like PS in up, 
You, you tell it the width and the height of the paper that you want to be using. You point it at a file, and it, it does the, re, re, um, the, the resizing as, as necessary. Now, you can manually define the width and the height with dash W and dash H, or you could do uh, a dash P for uh, common names of, of paper sizes. So, for instance, dash P A4 or dash P letter provides the, the default settings or the, the, the standard settings for those sizes. Okay, next is PS Select. PS Select selects a page from a PostScript document, which is really handy for extracting things. So, for instance, maybe you need a specific um, page number that you want to print out of a, a larger PostScript document. Well, you can do that, or you, you, can, you can group them together. So you could say um, dash P for page, and then the first and the last page that you want selected out of a larger set. So if you've got a 100-page document, you only want to uh, print page, I don't know, 23 to 30, you would do PS select dash P 23 dash 30, and then the input file, and then the output file. And then you've got a subset of that PostScript document. Very, very useful. Again, if you're using PostScript directly, which a lot of people don't do nowadays because PDF exists. And for PDF, you have PDFTK, or these days, probably you're better off using PDFTK-Java, and it works like a charm, and does largely the same thing as PS Select, uh, among lots of other things. Okay, PS Set is the next command, and it inserts a page device request in PostScript files. Now, what that means is that it produces a version of a PostScript file with a uh, a call to the set page device uh, command or operator within PostScript. So you're sort of adding to your PostScript instructions. If you think of PostScript a little bit like LaTeX, which I have no idea if it actually is or not, I don't believe it is, but um, in that sense you, you kind of get the idea. Um, and, and you saw this, we saw this with the include and, um, what was it, include and something, the, the resource uh, the commands. Was it include and extract? I think yeah, the resource commands. So this adds some some command. PostScript values and 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 settings are a little bit cryptic, or not not cryptic, but they're not well known, and they're not. I, I don't find that they're. They seem to be. I haven't looked for them that much, I guess. But a lot of them aren't all that well documented. But you'll you'll remember that we we covered some of this in a way in in a in a previous episode where I was talking about ghost script commands to, I think, drop images from PDFs, or, or maybe it was to um, change the, the resolution of PDFs or the quality of PDFs, uh, and I'm looking for that right now. It was episode 1221, and there were settings like PDF settings equals ebook, no pause, uh, output file equals, um, that's not yeah, that is actually is. So yeah, there there are color re image re re resolution 150 and so on. So there are there are these commands within PostScript that you, in theory, could use and could add to a PostScript file directly. Now I don't know why you would do it this way and not with GhostScript dynamically, except that I guess GhostScript dynamically you need to remember to do it every time you process that file, and maybe that's something that you do frequently. Uh, and in this case, you're actually putting the settings into the file. 
there are some shortcuts. For instance, um, dash M or dash dash manual feed is an alias for dash capital S manual feed colon true. Dash S or dash dash simplex is an alias for dash capital S duplex colon false. Dash dash duplex is dash capital S duplex colon true, and so on. So they've, they've got a couple of, of shortcuts so that you don't have to insert all of the 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 I guess probably I, I'm, I'm guessing these are rather uh, common or at least for the author uh, Akim Akim Dumal um, Dumal uh, is I guess they were frequent for him so there there are shortcuts for that uh, again none of these actually I don't I wouldn't use these myself um, I would probably just use the GoScript command but GoScript is operating on a PDF and this is literally setting the options right in the PostScript file so that does seem like it would probably be rather important okay PS tops is a command to shuffle pages in a PostScript file it rearranges files from a PostScript document creating a new PostScript uh, file so this is I mean this is super important really I mean if you're using PostScript this is super important because Obviously, you may well need to do this for any number of reasons. You might be creating a printer spread. You might be just reordering something that you don't have the source, you know, the 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 actual source for, but you've got the source postscript for. Uh, who knows? That this is this is great, and this is one of those drawbacks, I guess, of postscript and certainly PDF is that once you've got it as a file, the sense of page is very very inaccessible to you. Whereas with commands like PSTOPS or PDFTK, you get to get in there, or PSSELECT, you get to get in there and kind of manipulate the pages again in a way that you would kind of expect to be able to do in something like, I don't know, Scribus or LibreOffice or, or any any GUI program that, that shows you definitions of pages. Now this is a, the kind of the, the raw version of, of PDF in up and PDF select and so on. I don't know why you would use, for instance, this instead of one of the shortcut commands, and you probably realistically would not, because it's very, very manual, this this part of the process. I don't see any reason why you'd want to do this to yourself. I'll give you an example. To, um, to, to put two pages on one side of an A4 page, so this is basically a two-up, right? Peanut uh, dash two. It is two colon zero uh, l at dot seven, which is uh, and then parentheses twenty one centimeter cm comma zero close parentheses plus one capital l at dot seven parentheses twenty one cm comma fourteen dot eight five cm close parentheses close quote. So that that's the that's the spec. That's the page spec that you would want to use in order to get to to do a two up. To select all odd pages in reverse order, you would do two colon dash zero. So it's it's really really um, I, I think rather obscure, obtuse command sets here, and I don't believe that you would use this over pinup or pselect or whatever you need to do. Next command is is a shell script that utterly confounds me. It's shocar s h o w c h a r um, and it has no man page, and its help message is usage base name dollar sign zero. That's, so that's the name of the, the script. Uh, font dash name character dash name. 
and that's that's what it says. Now, if you look at the script itself, it it is a cat command, which cats uh, until the end of file marker, and there's a bunch of stuff that looks like it would be a an application, but but it isn't because all it does is cat that information to the terminal. So, for instance, if I do a show car and then a name of a font that I have installed, so here's Fantask, F-A-N-T-A-S-Q-U-E, and then the name of the character, let's just do a capital A, I guess, uh, it, it, I guess, successfully uh, dumps a bunch of stuff to my terminal. Okay, uh, so now I'll do show car um, Ubuntu, I have that font installed, F, same information. Now, if I do a if I do if I do those two things, fantastic B, and then we'll put that in a file called what, and then we'll do the same thing Ubuntu uh, lowercase m to what in, and then I do a diff between what and what in. Uh, there are two lines that are different. That's not true. There are four lines that are different, and it says that um, the the difference really are the lines that contain the name of the font. So every other bit of information is the same. It's it's it is only the the name of the font that's different in this output. So I have no idea what this output is supposed to be telling me. Um, it certainly is not changing between two different two very different fonts. Um, and and I don't have any reason to believe that it's actually invoking anything unless I'm supposed to do some kind of you know exec in front of show car which I don't see why they would not tell me to do that in the in the help and no it it, it doesn't it doesn't know how to do that so I don't know if I'm just not using the right shell or what's going on but this command does not appear to be doing anything of use and maybe someone who knows a little bit more about PostScript could could prove me uh, could set me straight on this one, but as far as I can tell, this this exclusively echoes or or cats really uh, cats unmodified text mostly into into a terminal. The only modification it has is the dollar sign one and dollar sign two um, variables so that it can tell me. You know, so that it can echo the name of the font for me in its output. And that's it. It's really, really strange. There are commands, things that look like commands like fname, cname, fn, reduction, um, find font, new path, gsave, grestore. And I don't know if those are, um, those seem like they might be postscript or, or ghostscript commands. But even piping this, or, or rather, uh, yeah, like processing this through GhostScript seems to error out as well. So I'm I'm confounded. I have no idea. I don't know what it is. Um, it, it may just be a, a, a little test script that someone maintaining this knows how to use. But why it's on my system, I don't know. Why it's on your system, I don't know. May not be super useful. All right, finally, the last one is TexE2DVI for A2PS, and that does compile text info and LaTeX files to the DVI format or PDF. Now that's pretty useful, and I didn't realize that this was here. I don't actually tend to use LaTeX, uh, although I am open to using LaTeX. It's just sort of one of those things where 
Um, I learned a doc book, and that was kind of the thing that I, I went with. Latex has seemed appealing to me every time I've used it. Uh, it's just not something I've bothered really looking into all that much. I'm very, very open to learning it. And this TechC2 DVI for A2PS command seems to be a way to process latex files into some other format. I feel like since this episode has been full of things that, that haven't really worked at all, I feel like the thing to do would be to try this this latex command. So I'm doing a hello world dot text. I don't know if that's the actual right extension. It feels like it would be. And that consists of a backslash document class bracket 12pt for points close bracket open brace article close brace backslash begin brace document close brace and then the string hello world from um, a2ps and then we'll do backslash end brace document brace so now we've got a latex file here and now we should be able to do texc2dvi for a2ps that's not the most it's not the easiest command to remember. So that, uh, and then I guess I'll do a really quick help, help just to see what my options are. So it looks like we can do a dash dash output, which we'll call output.pdf. Uh, and then we'll do a dash dash PDF to make sure that we are generating a PDF. And then we'll give it the input file of hello world.tex. And there it goes, it processes stuff. Wow, it's very verbose. It tells me a lot of information that I don't quite understand. Uh, it also errantly tells me output file written on hello world.pdf. That's not correct, uh, because I defined an output of output.pdf. So let me look. Yeah, there's no hello world.pdf here. It's hello world.txt, which is what I fed it. And then if I do an ocular, or just, let's just do xpdf for now. xpdf hello world dot no sorry output dot pdf uh yeah there it is hello world from a2ps perfect that worked brilliantly uh and that's great to know about because uh if you if you have latex and you want to convert it to pdf that's how you can do that of course you probably know of lots of other ways to do it as well um if you if you're using latex you're probably familiar with pdf latex which this apparently invokes so i'm not really i'm not too clear on the point of this thing except that it 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 says that it that it leverages a2ps in some manner which i don't know i don't know exactly how because this looks like a pdf document or a, a latex output to me it doesn't look like anything that for instance card or a2ps output but there you go it's a command it converts from latex to pdf it did so successfully even if it did tell me the wrong output file name, but I, I, I second-guessed it, and I was correct, and it worked. And that's the A2PS package. That's all of the, the things that you'll find in A2PS. I don't know that they're all super useful, but they're, they're available. Some of them are kind of nifty, and you might, you might have some use for them. That's it for this episode. Next time, uh, I'm going to do listener feedback, I think, and then the, the, the episode after that, I, I guess, we'll get into ACCT, which is some user account metric reporting capability, I think. Uh, also, utils, AMP, ASH, lots of other things in the AP set. Listen for it. Come back next week. I'll talk to you then.
you for listening to the GNU World Order Cast. This has been Klaatu. You can reach me on IRC. I'm on the Freenode network usually in channels such as Augcast Planet, Slacker Media, Slackware, a couple of others. My nick on IRC is not Klaatu. You can also reach me lately on Mastodon. My username there is at Klaatu at Mastodon.xyz. Of course, you can email me at Klaatu at member.fsf.org. That's Klaatu at member.fsf, as in free software foundation.org. And of course, you can visit my various websites, gnuworldorder.info and slackermedia.info. I will see you next time. Sundays, holidays, vacation time, we must be ready every day, all the time, to do the right thing 